Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. You don't know how many podcasts I've started to compose in the last week when something has erupted that prompted me to think, well, I need to backburner that project or subject because what just happened is far more interesting or juicy, or relevant. It was, well, four or five days ago that I planned to talk about why I believe that whatever happened this season, the Brooklyn Nets, as currently constructed, would be disbanded next summer. It had to do with Kyrie Irving having no choice but to opt into the final year of his deal after being given permission by the Nets to pursue sign and trade opportunities that didn't turn up anything. I figured Kyrie would hold a grudge, walk as a free agent, and Kevin Durant would then want out as well. What I didn't know is all that would be expedited. There would not be a last dance. There wouldn't even be a first dance as far as seeing KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons together. So here we are with KD informing the Nets that he wants to be traded now, and the Nets apparently agreeing to work on meeting his demand. I was assured by a Nets source that the team has no interest in keeping Kyrie without KD. Ben Simmons quite possibly could be moved as well, but that was less certain. What I want to address here is the reason Kevin Durant has requested to be traded by the Brooklyn Nets because I'm fairly sure it's not being portrayed accurately. At least it's not in some places. Now, some of what I'm going to explain may be colored by my conversations on air with my Speak for Yourself colleagues, Marcellus Wiley and Emmanuel Acho, who are of the mind that Durant asked out because he finally decided pursuing a championship with someone as unreliable as Kyrie Irving is not worth it. And 
with Irving opting into the final year of his contract with the Nets, KD had no choice but to ask to be sent elsewhere. Now, that's their interpretation of events. And keep in mind, they had to react to them because the news that KD wanted out came down literally while they were on air, while the show was going on. They had me jump onto the show earlier than I was scheduled to because of that breaking news. This is always a tricky spot, especially for talk show hosts who have to be well-read and talk about a variety of leagues, teams, subjects, is when it's spur of the moment, you have to react with an opinion on what it looks like to you without necessarily having all the backstory. In any case, their interpretation of events was KD was asking out because Kyrie was uh, Kyrie was staying. And I disagreed. Now, this is why. Because for that to be the case, KD would have to look at Kyrie as most of us look at Kyrie, as having let down the Nets and KD by refusing to be vaccinated and finding multiple other reasons for not playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. Nothing KD has said ever should lead anyone to believe that. The latest utterance we got from him concerning Kyrie is a report that KD wishes the Nets front office had tried to get to know or understand Kyrie. That doesn't sound like someone who is frustrated with Kyrie. That sounds like someone who blames the Nets front office for not making the relationship work. Which only fits with how KD has viewed Kyrie all throughout this tumultuous season. There were indications that KD, James Harden, and Kyrie, despite all of them having certain reservations about getting vaccinated, agreed that they would, all in order to make certain that they could collectively pursue a championship this past season. The Nets apparently were aware of this agreement, or at least GM Sean Marks spoke with confidence. I believe Coach Steve Nash did too. That all their players were willing to get vaccinated and be available. And then Kyrie, as he is wont to do, backed out. The same way he did after it was agreed upon that the Nets would participate in the bubble in Orlando, or the players collectively would participate. He decided that was not for him. After being in a meeting where he did not raise that question, raised it later in a separate meeting, which, again, Kyrie is wont to do. And by the way, I've never brought this up before, but it just occurred to me. The bubble was pre-vaccine mandate. Even if Kyrie didn't want to play because he was too distracted by the death of George Floyd and the general ills of the world, wouldn't being in the bubble with his teammates have been the safer place to be and the best way to support them mentally and emotionally? Forget playing, just be there. And you didn't have to get vaccinated to be there. Wasn't a rule by anyone at that time. In any case, when Kyrie balked at getting vaccinated, that would have been the time for KD to speak up both behind the scenes and in front of the microphones. 
you know, like Steph Curry and Draymond Green did when Andrew Wiggins had the same reservation. They weren't overbearing about it, but they made it clear where they stood. We're confident he'll do the right thing, they said. Meanwhile, there were clear indications given to Wiggins behind the scenes that if he chose not to get vaccinated, his remaining with the team could not be guaranteed. Now that pressure could only be applied if Steph and Draymond were cool with the possibility of losing him. But then Steph and Draymond had their eyes on only one prize, which was winning another championship. And they knew that if Wiggins wasn't available, they needed to flip him for someone who would be to have a shot at their one prize. KD, for whatever reason, had no interest in pressuring Kyrie to get vaccinated any more than he wanted to talk James Harden out of forcing his way to Philadelphia. Anyone who wants to say it's not his responsibility to hold the ship together, that it's management's job, I would normally agree with you. But KD was the architect of this ship. He and Kyrie plotted their way to Brooklyn and coerced the Nets to add DeAndre Jordan to the mix and get rid of Kenny Atkinson. When Harden wanted out of Houston and couldn't get a direct flight to the Sixers, it was KD who had the prior relationship with Harden and coaxed him to come to Brooklyn. It certainly wasn't Kyrie or GM Sean Marks or Coach Steve Nash. So in most cases, I'd agree with the idea that expecting Durant to quell any unrest is not in his job description. If he volunteers for the job, okay, great, but it's not a requirement. This was not most cases. I'd have the same issue with Kawhi Leonard dipping on the Clippers after commandeering them to get Paul George to join him. It's worth noting that for all the talk of Kawhi not being a leader or a bit of a mystery act, he's entering his fourth season with the Clippers, has two years left on his contract with a player option for a third. And while he's been there, the Clippers have created a culture that was not there when he first got there, was not there the first year that he was there. But it's a culture now that has players like Avica Zubac and Nicholas Batum and Reggie Jackson making it clear they want to stay. Even though the Clippers have had a string of star-crossed seasons. It's not as if they've been winning and winning big and all's gone well. It's been challenging. It's been disappointing. And yet guys want to stay around. Now, I'm not going to give Kawhi credit for all of that because much of that camaraderie was forged while he was injured. And some of it was forged because he was injured and other guys had to step up and make the Clippers better than anybody was forecasting they would be. But he hasn't been a deterrent by any means, and that should count for something. If anything... KD asking to be traded is a way of supporting Kyrie's desire to be elsewhere. Understand this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Once a player decides he wants out from an organization, he's not changing his mind. And Kyrie made the decision that he wanted out from this organization. He expected the Nets to offer him a max contract. And when they balked at that, he asked that they look to move him in a sign-and-trade. When the Nets balked at doing that, unless the deal was one they liked, which meant not sending him to the Lakers for whatever L.A. was willing to, willing and able to cobble together to send back for him, he really had only one choice, which was to opt into the final year of his deal. To become a free agent didn't really make a whole lot of sense because it would mean sacrificing some $30 million. And Kyrie, while has he certainly sacrificed a lot of money, that's just the point, he sacrificed a lot of money over the last year. Sacrificed money with the uh, losing his Nike contract. Sacrificed money uh, that he wasn't paid while he was sitting out games because he refused to be vaccinated. So why become a free agent and forfeit that money if you know that KD is going to ask out and force a fire sale, thereby meaning you will be moved and get paid like a superstar? I don't know if Kyrie can still force his way to the Lakers, as reports have him still bent on doing. And I can't see a way in which KD and Kyrie are both going to end up there. But there are other teams now that might be willing to see what Kyrie can do for one year. Teams that had high aspirations that appear to now be in jeopardy. The Dallas Mavericks being one, now that they are on the verge of losing Jalen Brunson. And don't forget, Dallas was one of the teams on Kyrie's original sign-and-trade wish list. Also consider this. Reports are that KD and Kyrie have not spoken to the Nets in weeks. Well, you can rest assured that it hasn't been weeks since KD and Kyrie have, expo have, have spoken. I'm pretty sure they've been communicating this entire time, and I have to believe that KD and Kyrie knew what they were doing before Kyrie opted in to his last year. I'm pretty sure they've been working on all of this ever since the Nets made it clear that Kyrie was expendable. That's KD's friend and a player that KD admires. KD asking out his, is his way of letting the Nets know that he still has his boys back, that his allegiance is certainly not with them over him. Because there's no reason he has to leave the Nets. They still have a squad. And while it, he has some title contenders on his list of desired destinations, Phoenix and Miami being the ones we know so far, the feeling in basketball circles is that, at least on paper, KD and a healthy Ben Simmons could potentially be a more formidable combination than KD and Kyrie. Ben Simmons as a point forward, playing alongside KD, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, and Nick Claxton, with whatever players they might be able to wrangle by moving Kyrie on a one-year deal, far more appealing than if he were on a max deal. That's worth at least exploring if KD were of the mind to. But he isn't, obviously. He wants out because the Nets want Kyrie out. What I find most interesting is that KD's preferred destinations are teams with 
all the hallmarks of his previous team, the Golden State Warriors. The team he left because he came to the realization he'd never get his just due for what he did for them. Except for one distinction. And it's an important one. And it's that the Heat and Suns don't already have a championship to their credit recently. Now, the Warriors obviously did. So, if KD puts the Heat or the Suns over the hump, he has a chance of disproving the idea that he's only a two-time champion because he joined a team capable of winning it all without him. But, much like the Warriors, maybe even more so than the Warriors, he would be immediately recognized as the best player on the team. That's the conundrum that KD uh, struggled with when he was with the Warriors. I'm the best player on the team, and yet the reason that we won is because this team was already a champion. I'm just along for the ride. Even though the actual team that won the, the championship or even went to the finals and lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers in no way resembled the team that Kevin Durant joined. Now, no one's ranking Jimmy Butler or Devin Booker or Chris Paul above KD. So let's not argue about whether he would be the best player on either the Miami Heat or the Phoenix Suns. He would be instantly. And at the same time, Butler and Paul are the leaders, the pace setters, the sergeants at arms that KD has evidently no interest in being. I said it on TV after news broke that KD wanted to be dealt, that the team I would love to see him join are the Portland Trailblazers. One, because I'd like to see Damian Lillard be rewarded for sticking it out in Portland rather than ring chasing. Two, because KD is the dynamic forward that the Blazers have been trying to land for the last seven or eight years. Three, they're not a lock to be a prohibitive title contender the way I would expect Miami or Phoenix to be, assuming they don't have to give up too much of their existing core to get him. The problem for the Blazers is that they already moved the assets that would make them a very plausible trade partner with the Nets when they moved C.J. McCollum to the New Orleans Pelicans and Norman Powell to the Clippers. Imagine a trade package that included those two compared, say, to a heat offer centered around Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson or a sign-and-trade deal involving DeAndre Ayton with the Suns. That latter deal, by the way, has a lot going for it. Steve Nash is a former client of the agent Bill Duffy, who also has Ayton. Ben Simmons and Ayton, surrounded by shooters like Seth and Patty and Joe, would still be a solid playoff team in the East more so than anything they'd get from the Heat or Blazers. Add in a Cam Johnson, and that's a pretty appetizing deal for Brooklyn. That's the kind of haul that could give them the leeway to take whatever they can get for Kyrie and chalk it up as addition by subtraction. And for appearances' sake, all they'd have to do is surpass getting swept out of the first round, the high-water mark of this season, to make the case that they'd pivoted quite nicely from being forced to move on from their dynamic duo. Now, a lot of machinations remain before all of this is sorted out. I doubt that KD and Kyrie are going to be particularly accommodating with the Nets to help them save face. So, 
the organization is going to have to stand strong. Joe Sy, Sean Marks are going to have to stand strong on getting back as close to an equitable return for KD as they can, even if it means threatening not to move KD before the season begins. For now, though, the Nets should look at the task before them as something they would have had to face eventually. Once they drew a line in the sand with Kyrie, it was only a matter of time that they'd be going back to the drawing board. They're simply facing the task sooner than I or anyone else expected. So the lesson to be learned from all of this, whether it's for franchises or it's their fan base, is that if you hand the keys to your franchise, to superstar players, don't expect to get them back unless you get rid of those players. That's the only way they're leaving those keys. If you put them in charge, if you do their bidding, then that equation, that approach is not going to change as long as they're in your uniform. All right, that does it for <clears throat> this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the, look, things are moving so quickly. I'd love to tell you what's going to be in the next podcast, but I can't. I do want to handicap the MVP race, which has already changed dramatically, and give you the best bets at this point for who is actually going to win it. No surprise, Luka Doncic once again is the favorite. And I'm going to tell you once again why that's a bad bet. But we will get into that. There's certainly other stuff going on in the NBA at this moment that is more important, relevant, prevalent, whatever. So we will tackle, we will tackle those subjects as they arise. And I promise I am going to get these episodes out on a more consistent basis over the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, as always... Thanks for listening. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.